Welcome to Didache, where we are studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here is your host, Justin Peters. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Justin Peters. I hope that this finds you and your family doing well today. I want to thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. Wow, big news. Creflo Dollar, the pastor of World Changers Church in Atlanta, Georgia, one of the the most prolific word faith heretics and prosperity false preachers that has ever disgraced the name of Christ, has repented. He preached a sermon this past uh, June 26, Sunday, June 26, and he got up in front of his entire church and told them that everything that he has ever preached about tithing has been wrong. So this is, um, I mean, this this is big news. Uh, Creflo Dollar, undoubtedly the most aptly named of the prosperity preachers, famous for uh, a few years ago, uh, raising money to purchase a $65 million private jet. And when the secular news media picked up on this and they did a number of stories criticizing him, he doubled down on it and uh, just brazenly went forward. I can believe God as long as I want to. If I want to believe God for a $65 million plane, you cannot stop me. You cannot stop from dreaming now you see why the devil tried so aggressively to discredit my voice Asking his members for six, five million dollars. I ain't never asked you for a dime. Plane's 30 years old. I knew it was time to begin to believe God uh, for a, a new airplane. Our current ministry plane is no longer usable. We need your help. And I ask all of our partners globally to get on board with Project G650. discover life on Mars. If you think a $65 million plane was too much, if they discover that there's life on Mars, they're going to need to hear the gospel, and I'm going to have to believe God for a billion-dollar space shuttle because we got to preach the gospel on Mars. Um, raising money for his $65 million private jet. I mean, you gotta you got to fly on something, I guess. This $65 million jet, by the way, is not his first jet, as you just saw hinted at in that in that clip. So um, he's had one before. Now, that picture of this crashed plane, he wasn't flying around in a, in a wrecked plane. This is what he used to fly in. The life of a millionaire pastor. You got to humble yourself for God's plan in order for him to prosper your life. It is the basis of Reverend Creflo Dollar's $80 million a year ministry. One that sells books, DVDs, and CDs by the millions, all the while teaching the gospel of prosperity. I define prosperity as every arena of life. 
prospering in your spirit, prospering in your soul, prospering in your physical body, that's healthy, prospering in your relationships, prospering on your job, and prospering in your finances. As Christians, the way you Reverend Dollar says he learned prosperity gospel from his mentors, Kenneth Copeland and Oral Roberts. <laughs> Hallelujah, glory to God. I'm trying to get myself together here because God's been good to me, you understand? Good enough that he owns a Metro Atlanta mansion so popular that pictures of it are passed around on the Internet. If you want to buy it, let me know. <laughs> How much is it? <laughs> well, I think it's listed. I got it listed for $3 million. Creflo Dollar also owns several expensive cars, including a Rolls Royce. It was a gift that my local church gave to me. You don't turn down a gift that somebody gives you. This Learjet is something else the church gave to Creflo Dollar Ministries. We were the first members of the media allowed on board for one of the Reverend's weekly trips to New York City. In which way is this jet important for your ministry? Well, in order for me to do what I've been called to do, the airlines, they don't fly my schedule. The private jet has fueled much of the controversy about Creflo Dollar. So Creflo Dollar wasn't flying around in some prop plane, some little puddle jumper. Uh, that was a swanky private jet, the first one that he had. I think it was the first one. Maybe it wasn't. But anyway, the one previous to the G650. So um, <laughs> it cried me a river. And he said, but all of the prosperity preachers say this. Okay, all of them say this. They have to have a private jet because the they just can't fly commercial because their, their schedules, are, the, the airlines just don't fly their schedules. I'm sorry. Creflo Dollar lives in Atlanta. He's got a satellite church up in New York City to which he flies every week. I assume he still does. Uh, I can assure you there are many flights going from Atlanta to New York City every single day. That's just a flat-out lie. That is an absolute flat-out lie. Creflo Dollar has said this. Kenneth Copeland has said this. Jesse Duplantis has said this. They all say they all justify having their tens and tens of millions of dollars worth of private jets because their schedules, they just couldn't possibly fly commercial. And you know what, dear ones? I'm an evangelist. I travel. I preach. I preach all across the United States. I fly all around the world. I have been, and this is not a humble brag, I'm just saying it. I have been, I have preached in 28 different countries, many of those countries multiple times. I have never had a problem with finding a, a commercial flight to any of these countries. It doesn't matter where in the world I'm going. Whenever I need to go, I can find a flight, I buy a ticket. And so came Creflo Dollar. So at any rate, hey, this is big news. And so I want to show you the video clip from the sermon that he preached recently. And I'm going to play this whole clip. It's only a couple of minutes long or so. So I'll play the clip and then we'll come back and we'll break this down a little bit and we'll see. Did in fact Creflo Dollar repent? I, uh, I want to start off by saying to you that I'm still growing and that the teachings that I've shared in times past on the subject of tithing were not correct. And today I stand in, in humility to correct some things that I've taught for years and believed for years, but could never under, understand it clearly 
because I had not yet been confronted with the gospel of grace, which has made the difference. I won't apologize because if it wasn't for me going down that route, I would have never ended up where I am right now. But I will say that I have no shame at all at saying to you, throw away every book, every tape, and every video I ever did on the subject of tithing, unless it lines up with this. I've I've done some corrective teaching in 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 the last 10 years, but not to the degree of what we're getting ready to do now. So why is this important? Because religion is sustained by two factors, fear and guilt. And if it's one subject that the church has used for a long time to keep people in fear and guilt, it is in that subject of tithing. And it has to be corrected and it's got to be corrected now I may lose some friends. Preachers may not ever invite me no more, but I think I've already been through that, so it doesn't matter. Wow. So he admits that everything that he has ever taught on tithing has been wrong. And he says, any book you have, any tape, any DVD, anything you've ever had from me on tithing, throw it away. Wow. Sounds like repentance, doesn't it? Not so much. Let's go back through this and let's break it down and let's look at this biblically. I uh, I want to start off by saying to you that I'm still growing and that the teachings that I've shared in times past on the subject of tithing were not correct. And today I stand in, in humility to correct some things that I've taught for years and believed for years, but could never understand it clearly because I had not yet been confronted with the gospel of grace, which has made the difference. So Creflo says that he has been wrong on these things, wrong on what he has taught for years and believed for years, because he had not yet been confronted with the gospel of grace. The gospel of grace, the gospel of grace is the gospel. Grace is what makes the gospel the gospel. And he says he had not yet been confronted with the gospel of grace. Now there's a telling statement. I won't apologize because if it wasn't for me going down that route, I would have never ended up where I am right now. That is even more of a telling statement. He says, I won't apologize because had I not done all of this, had I not been wrong for all these years, I would not have arrived at where I've arrived today. I won't apologize. I'm not going to apologize. Creflo, are you even, do you have any self-awareness at all? Your whole ministry, your entire ministry has been one for decades of teaching 
word, faith, false theology. Sow a seed, reap a harvest. Give to get. The only people giving have been all of these largely middle class to lower middle class to poor people, millions of them giving to you to fund your palatial home, your Rolls Royces, your private jets, your fancy suits. In all of these years, you've been telling these people, give me money so God will bless you. If you're in debt, give me money. God will get you out of debt. Hundredfold return. Give me $10, God will give you 1000 Give me $1,000, God will give you 100000 Hundredfold return. It's the bread and butter of word of the word faith movement you tell sick people if you need healing in your body give me money do you have any idea how many thousands upon thousands upon thousands hundreds of thousands if not millions of people around the world Sick people have given money to you and to your heretic friends like Kenneth Copeland and Jesse Duplantis and Jerry Savelle, desperately giving money that many of them don't have to give because they're sick. Because they have a sick spouse, their husband, their wife is sick, their child is sick. And they have given you money that they don't have to give, that they could be spending for medical expenses or travel expenses to, or, or uh, uh, crutches or wheelchairs or oxygen tanks. But no, they've given it to you, Creflo. But you're not going to apologize. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Unless you think I'm exaggerating, lest you think I'm using hyperbole, I'm being hyperbolic here. No. I've, you see, I've been to these things. Creflo, I've been to your meetings. I've been to the Southwest Believers Conventions. I've been to Joyce Meyer's meetings. I've, I've been to all of these things. Dozens and dozens of them. And I've seen the sick people. I've seen the people in wheelchairs. I've seen the people on stretchers. I've seen the people laying on a blanket on the floor, so sick with cancer they cannot lift their heads. I've seen the mothers with their grown son. I saw a mother with her grown son in a wheelchair who was bigger than she was, with his head strapped back because he can't hold his head up, wearing a bib because he's constantly drooling on himself. And they were there to see Benny Hinn, one of your friends. And they were being told, as long as they have enough faith, as long as they give money, sow a seed so they'll reap a harvest. This happened in Dallas. This was in, at the American Airlines Center in, in uh, Dallas, Texas. 2002, to be specific. You know where that lady and her son were from? New Hampshire. Saw it on their tags and started talking to New Hampshire. They, she drove her incapacitated son, who was bigger than she was, down from New Hampshire to see Benny Hinn, hoping for a miracle. And I talked to her and she said, oh, we follow Benny Hinn all over the country. 
and they give you their money. Oh, well, that was Benny Hinn. Yeah, you and Benny Hinn teach the same thing. You teach the same thing, Creflo. I've been to meetings where you've been. I've been to the Southwest Believers Convention. I've seen the sick people. I've seen the people in wheelchairs. They're told to give their money. You, I have heard you with my own ears just feet away from you sitting in my scooter. Tell people, sow a seed, reap a harvest. You need a miracle in your body, sow a seed, reap a harvest. The only harvest that's ever been reaped is by you, Creflo. In your designer suits, in your fancy cars, in your private jets, in your palatial mansion with an indoor swimming pool. But I'm not going to apologize, you say. No apology. No apology. That, dear friends, is a seared conscience. Don't be fooled. This is not repentance. Not by light years is this repentance. But I will say that I have no shame at all at saying to you, throw away every book, every tape, and every video I ever did on the subject of tithing unless it lines up with this. I've, I've done some corrective teaching in the, in, the, in the last 10 years, but not to the degree of what we're getting ready to do now. So why is this important? Because religion is sustained by two factors, fear and guilt. So he says religion is built upon fear and guilt. And the obvious connotation here is this is negative. It depends upon the context in which it is used. Fear and guilt can be very good, positive things. Fear of the wrath of God. We should be fearful of the wrath of God, which he is not. Guilt over sin. Guilt over sin, a guilty conscience, is a good thing. Now, it's got to be more than just a guilty conscience. It can't be just a worldly sorrow. It's got to be a godly sorrow, per Second Corinthians 7. But um, feeling the guilt of our sin and being fearful of the wrath of God, those in and of themselves, those, those are good things. But the way he's using it, fear and guilt, the religion is based upon fear and guilt. How ironic that he would speak of fear and guilt in those terms, in negative terms, because religion is built upon that, when he himself has been one of the world's most prolific purveyors of this kind of fear and guilt, which he now decries. Yeah, fear of being sick, fear of being poor, fear of dying of cancer. He exploited, he has exploited that for decades to get sick people to give him money. Guilt of not having enough faith. Well, one of the surest ways you can demonstrate that you do have enough faith is to give money. So how ironic, Creflo, that you would say that. And if it's one subject that the church has used for a long time to keep people in fear and guilt, it is in that subject of tithing. And it has to be corrected, and it's got to be corrected now. I may lose some friends. Preachers may not ever invite me no more, but I think I've already been through that, so it doesn't matter. 
Now, upon first blush, that might seem rather uh, magnanimous on the part of Creflo Dollar, saying that even if this cost him friends and uh, speaking engagements, he said, you know, it's okay, I'm going to correct my teaching that's been erroneous for so many years, and if it costs me, um, so be it. Well, just out of curiosity, I went and looked at the Southwest Believers Convention website. This is Kenneth Copeland's big annual shindig, and Creflo Dollar has been one of the mainstays at the Southwest Believers Convention. It's held in Fort Worth, Texas every summer, uh, but he's been one of the mainstays for many, 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 many years. And as of right now, as of this recording on the afternoon of 4th of July, uh, his his picture is still there. He's still listed as a keynote speaker at the Southwest Believers Convention. Creflo preached this sermon um, eight or nine days ago, so there's been time for Kenneth Copeland to disinvite him, and he apparently has not yet. So, mighty? Eh, I, I suppose it's possible. I doubt it. I'm pretty sure Creflo Dollar will be there um, hamming it up with all of his word faith, charlatan and huckster, and fraudulent friends. I doubt that that will change. But to his credit, give credit where credit is due. Uh, I'll provide a link. You can look at it if you want to, his whole sermon. Uh, he did go on and he taught for the most part. He actually taught rightly about tithing. He rightly said that tithing is not a New Testament concept. And uh, it's not. And maybe some of you watching me right now, you might be surprised to hear me say that because a lot of people think that that tithing is. Well, when you really dig down into tithing, there were um, it, at least three different tithes in the Old Testament, major tithes and a number of smaller ones. But um, each of those three primary tithes were 10%. And the third one was uh, only done every third year. So when you average it out, Tithing was not really 10%, as a lot most people think. Tithing was actually 23.3%. And so if you think that uh, because you've been giving 10% of your income, that is tithing, it's really not. It really doesn't uh, quite rise up to that, to that level. But you have to remember, dear ones, tithing in the Old Testament, this was for a theocratic Israel, okay, and their tithing in in many ways, not in totality, but in many ways, um, you can draw some parallels to our taxes. The the tithes that the Hebrews, the Israelites paid, were to fund the feasts and the festivals and and the the gov their government, if you will, and their structure there as a nation, which is a lot of what our tithes, our tithes, our taxes do today. But tithing is, is never commanded in the New Testament. The New Testament never commands us to give a certain percentage of our income to the church. Tithing was Old Testament Israel. We are now New Testament church. And so you can't draw a parallel. You can't just leap over from the Old Testament to the New Testament, a direct parallel uh, in regards to tithing. You just can't do that. Now, giving is commanded in the New Testament. Giving absolutely is. And go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 to see the New Testament model for giving. But as we give, as New Testament believers, we are to give out of simply the abundance of what God has already given to us. We give out of, out of a grateful heart. 
We give not out of compulsion. We give as an expression of the kindness and generosity that God has shown us. And we give to the Lord's work. We give to our our local church, which is be the should be the first recipient of our of our giving, and then other doctrinally sound ministries that uh, you know are doing faithful work. You can give to those uh, ministries as well. Kathy and I do do that. So um, that's the New Testament pattern model for giving. Found in Second Corinthians eight and nine. Not not a strict ten percent tithe. Uh, you can't go to Malachi chapter three to make a case for New Testament giving. So anyway, Creflo Dollar goes through that and actually does a pretty pretty admirable, admirable job. But um, watch what he says here. Now, this is very interesting, too, because this is, um, well, you'll see. Just, just watch this. The Lord woke me up at 530 this morning and he said this to me. And he said, get up and write it down before you lose it. So the Lord woke him up at 530 this morning to tell him to get up and write this down before he loses it. The Lord woke me up at 530 this morning and he said this to me. And he said, get up and write it down before you lose it. God woke him up and spoke to him at 530 in the morning and said, write this down before you lose it. And then he goes on to tell you what God told him to write now. Okay. Let, let's use a little logic. Okay. God woke him up at 530 in the morning, spoke so clearly so as for Creflo to be able to write it down, and God said, I want you to write this down. So if you listen to these folks, if you watch them, God talks to them all the time. God speaks to them so frequently that with, with Kenneth Copeland especially, Kenneth Copeland sometimes seems annoyed that God talks to him all the time because God will interrupt him in the middle of his sermon and talk to him. And like, you, there's, you can If you watch Kenneth Copeland enough, you'll see him like, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Lord. All right, I'll do it. Almost annoyed that God interrupts him so often, speaking to him. So God woke Creflo Dollar up, spoke to him, said, write this. Okay, a little common sense. A little common sense. These folks hear God so clearly and so frequently. He is like this celestial chatty Cathy doll. And yet, somehow, God did not bother to tell Creflo Dollar in all of these many, many, many years of teaching error on tithing that he was wrong. Really? How's that work? He's been teaching erroneously on tithing and giving for decades and God didn't bother. I mean, God woke him up this morning and said, hey, Creflo, uh, I want you to write this down. Yet for decades, God didn't say, uh, hey, Creflo, you know what you're teaching on tithing? It's wrong. Friends, a little common sense, a little common sense goes so far in clearing so much of this stuff up. God is not talking to Creflo Dollar. God is not talking to Kenneth Copeland or Jesse Duplantis or Joel Osteen or Joyce Meyer or Mike Murdoch or Joseph Prince or Andrew Womack, or Todd White, or any of these people, or Benny, any of none of them, none of them, none, none. They're liars. Creflo Dollar has not repented. This is not repentance. Now, you might remember that in the last few years, 
Both Benny Hinn and Todd White each made a lot of news when they came out. Benny Hinn also came out. I think this was in 2019. He came out and he said, uh, what I've been teaching on giving is wrong. What I've been teaching about prosperity is wrong. And he said he repented. Wow. And yet it was literally not more than two weeks. He's right back teaching the same thing he'd always taught before. That's not repentance. Todd White in 2020 came out and he made a big announcement. I, I repent. I repent. I haven't been teaching repentance. And so I repent from not teaching repentance. And within no time, within a week or two, he's back teaching the same old song and dance and lack of repentance that he's always taught or not, not taught, depending on frame of reference here. So Benny Hinn and Todd White have both gone back to teaching the same things that they supposedly repented of. It'll be the same way with Creflo Dollar. But even if he doesn't, even if he does change his teaching on tithing from here on out, that's not repentance. Because, dear friends, genuine repentance bears genuine fruit. I've said this before about Benny Hinn in a video. I'll put the links down below. I've said the same thing about Todd White and his supposed repentance in a video, link below, and I'll say the same thing with Creflo Dollar. The way you'll know these men and women, for Joyce Meyer and all the other women, but the way that you'll know these folks have truly repented, the way you'll know Creflo Dollar's truly repented is when he comes out and he says, I have been lying to you. All of the thousands of times that I have told you God has spoken to me, he has not spoken to me. I have been teaching heresy. I've taught the little God's doctrine. I've taught spiritual death of Jesus. I've taught it's always God's will to be wealthy. It's always God's will to be to be physically healed as long as you have enough faith, as long as you make the right positive confession. I've been teaching word faith heresy for decades. I've been lying to you for decades. All the times I've told you God has spoken to me, God has not spoken to me. And so I now realize that I am not qualified to be in ministry. And so as a sign of my repentance, as evidence of this, this is what I'm going to do because this is what I want to do. This is what real repentance does. I'm shutting my ministry down. I'm giving every cent that the ministry has to doctrinally sound churches, doctrinally sound ministries, shutting it down, and I'm going to join a doctrinally sound church, and I'm no longer going to be behind the pulpit. I'm going to be in front of the pulpit, in the pew, learning. I'm going to put myself under the leadership of biblically qualified elders, and I'm going to listen to expository preaching. I'm going to make myself a, a member of the church, uh, submit myself to church discipline, this is what I'm going to do because I realize that I'm no longer qualified to be in ministry. And so I'm shutting it down. That's what Creflo Dollar would do if he was truly repentant. This is not repentance. That's what Benny Hinn would do if he was truly repentant. Todd White, if he was truly repentant. If they were truly repentant, dear ones, they wouldn't still be in ministry. They wouldn't still be in ministry. So anything short of what I've just described, it's not repentance. And Creflo, if you happen to be watching this, I want you to repent. 
I want that for you. I want you to bear fruit in keeping with repentance. I want you to know the true gospel of Jesus Christ, that the gospel is not about money. The gospel is not about healing. The gospel is about being saved from the wrath of God, the wrath of God that your sins have earned. You have sinned against a thrice holy God. You have lied. You have stolen. You have stolen from professing believers. You've exploited the poor, the sick, the desperate, and the widows to fund your lavish lifestyle. You've put words in God's mouth that he emphatically did not say. If you will humble yourself before Christ, confess to him your sin. If you have a true godly sorrow over your sin, in which you grieve over your sin because you understand that your sin grieves God. If you will confess your sin before him, come to him in a godly sorrow and trust Christ, the sinless son of God, who lived a perfect life on this earth and willingly laid down his life on the cross. He bore the wrath of God, died on the cross, three days later bodily raised from the dead, proving himself to be who he said he was, God in human flesh. If you'll confess your sins before Christ, come to him in a godly sorrow and truly repent of your sin. And the fruit of that repentance will be borne out in what you do from here on out. It will be borne out. It will be evidenced by you shutting your ministry down. That would be repentance. And I want that for you. I don't want you to go to hell. But that's where you're headed. You've been teaching heresy for decades. You've been partnering with and endorsing some of the most brazen, obvious, blood-curdling, toe-curling heretics ever to disgrace the name of Christ. Another evidence of your repentance, you will, you will denounce Kenneth Copeland and Jesse Duplantis, Benny Hinn, Jerry Savelle, all the other word faith false teachers. You'll denounce them. So... I want that for you. We'll see. Okay, dear ones, this is just the latest in a faux repentance from some of these big-name preachers, and I don't want you to be fooled by it. Real repentance bears real fruit. Repentance is not just saying, oops, I was wrong. It bears fruit. Thank you very much for watching, dear ones. Until our next time together, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with you all. Thank you for listening to Didache. We hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard. If you have a question or comment for Justin, or interested in more teaching resources, or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference, you may contact him at justinpeters.org.